So hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Turn 5 podcast. It is Monaco Race Week. So we'll be previewing the Monaco Grand Prix. We'll also be talking about the Monaco E-Prix, which happened last week. And then going through our predictions for this weekend. It's, it's just a short little one, but does the job. Unlike the Monaco race. It's not a short little one. It's what, 70 laps, 80 laps? 76, I think. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So it's going to be a long one this weekend. Let's just hope it's exciting. Well, I mean, if it's anything like the Formula E race, I'll actually be amazed. Because mm. I, I think I'll just start off Formula E by saying they need to stay using the full Grand Prix track. Yeah. Because yeah. that just made it so much better. Yeah, um, no, 100%. When, when they had their own... Because um, they, they literally, they used to change right at Sandavot, didn't they? Mm. Um, mm. When they went down there, it just wasn't... It didn't bring as much to the table as the full Grand Prix circuit did. And, I mean, there were moves being made all over the place which is ridiculous to think considering it's Monaco but yeah was brilliant to see <laughs> yeah it was one um it was a case where Formula E's you know sort of unique rules and that sort of thing actually worked very well because simply because it brought some overtaking to Monaco I mean we saw one up the hill didn't we from Mitch Evans yeah which was, mm. which was brilliant and then um yeah, there was. I mean, there was so much going on throughout the field, and obviously on the last lap, where I mean, we can have the argument: is it is it real racing when someone's like running out of energy and trying to you know keep everyone well, behind? I mean, but if it's always so fuel, exciting it's the when same, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you're going to be able to do it at any circuit, it's Monaco. Yeah, and I think there was a massive train of cars coming across the line, wasn't there? Again, it was Evans, wasn't it? Who was right on the limit? Yeah, it's trying to one beat him on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his move on the exit of swimming pool chicane, uh, sort of cutting across that, was a bit questionable. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, they they got him on the line anyway. But I think more people probably would have got past had he not uh, taken a bit of a shortcut there. <laughs> that was the only thing they did run a slightly different chicane at, at yeah. the end of the tunnel, which was strange. But oh well. Um, I don't think that the real chicane would suit Formula E cars. To be fair, it doesn't really suit any cars. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of cases on there where there was a bit of almost the car park. I mean, at the hairpin on the first lap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, you had someone going the over the top of yeah. someone else. Yeah, I thought there was going to be like a massive, you know. Wait, what happened? I missed like the first like 20 minutes of it. <laughs> I think it was literally just there was so many. I think there was about three wide. In the middle of the pack, wasn't there? Oh, the yeah, and it just resulted in a crunch, basically. Oh god! I mean, if you'd listened to it, it was—it literally sounded like bumper cars. And yeah, that's that's probably the one problem I have with Formula E is the amount of just like nose to tail bumping that goes on in it, and it's yeah. just—I don't know—I I don't really enjoy it. Like, I know that in other sports, that's kind of a thing, especially like in NASCAR, that's very much the done thing, um, but. I feel like for a sport that's sort of 
conceptualized off Formula One and that that sort of approach to aerodynamics. I don't think sort of bumping into everyone is uh, how they envisioned their racing to be going, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think it was how it's envisioned, but it is, it's a bit different from Formula One because the cars can actually follow close, which allows bumper cars to happen. Whereas Formula One, you get within a second of a driver in front, you just can't follow anymore. Um, which is why we invented DRS. And why we've had the 2022 rule change to car design. Yeah. Time will tell if that one works. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. Yeah, hopefully. Attack mode was in a very interesting location. Um, down turn four, yeah. No, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know what those... Still a mystery what the green things before on the right up the hill but yeah it, it was it was pre-marking out mitch evans's overtake yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah ca- casino square it's not the widest corner it was quite an interesting no but it it meant that they did have to slow down to go and get it yeah which was good because that was something we were we were trying to figure out was where can they put it that's actually slower to go round the long way but also is still possible um, because it was never going to work at the hairpin and yeah. other corners, it just wasn't feasible. Um, like Raskas, that's it's, no, not going to work there. No. Sandovot, there's one line. Um, I mean, most of Monaco is just one line, really. Um, I mean, you could invent two lines for Sandovot, as, as I think we discussed in the preview. Um, where you let all the cars do the Mojave or Ragunathan line and then for attack it. mode, send them round the actual turn one. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, I think where they put it was was better. Because yeah. um, it meant that there, you really had to, you had to be careful going to get it, basically. Yeah. You overcook it on, on the way out of that and, well, you're in the barrier at the exit of Casino. Um and you're going to look like a bit of a mug. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think it was a good place because it meant that quite often someone would get past on the way down into Mirabeau, and then they'd have to try and get past them again, usually through the tunnel. Um, but if they were brave and quick enough, then potentially round the outside of Mirabeau inside of the hairpin. Um, I think... Was it oh, was it Jev that did that move? I think I can't remember. Um, yeah, I'm not but sure. So, someone went and got attack mode and did around the outside of Mirabeau inside of the hairpin and made mm. it stick. So, I mean, fair play. That was that was good. But I think Monaco was actually more interesting than the a formula, standard Formula yeah. One race. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It, well, it promotes overtaking somewhere where you're not normally meant to overtake. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Formula One can follow this weekend. Mm. Uh, so speaking of this weekend, um, I guess a quick reminder: the weekend schedule isn't really a weekend schedule. It's it's part of the week, part of the weekend. Um. Free practice one and two will take place on Thursday with free practice three and qualifying on 
for um Saturday and then the race on Sunday as normal. But yeah, pulled forward a day um for Monaco as it has been for quite a few years. So if you are planning to watch the sessions, Thursday, not Friday. Um shall we shall we discuss the race and what are we expecting this weekend? I mean, I'm expecting a blistering Saturday and a 2019 repeat on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take that. I was, well, I mean, it was mildly exciting. Yeah, it was Monica, just yeah. <laughs> frustrating because it was so many laps of just, you can't overtake. Oh no, my tyres are gone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be fair, this oh time no. they actually were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> It was it was one of those annoying races where it was just that the car behind had clear pace and that any other circuit would have romped to a victory, but because it's Monaco and you can park your car in the middle of the road and nobody can go around you, you win. I mean, yeah, I think I, I think yeah. I won a race on the game with a fully red front wing because <laughs> they just sort of park it in the centre. Well, it I just mean, trundled happened. round. You literally can't do the hairpin in the game if you're on a controller, can you? So, yeah, well, that's what I find anyway. It's probably just me, but uh, no, I do struggle on that. I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's always into the fall. Co-masters, yeah, and then it gets worse every lap because you always damage your wing a little bit more. Exactly, and you end up with no wing. <laughs> but but it was it was the same as 2018, wasn't it? The in terms of not well, Ricardo obviously had was it MG UK, they gone, and so. any other track. Yeah. Any other track, he'd have been, you know, miles past. Yeah, he'd, he'd have had to retire. Yeah. He would have been. I mean, think about Charles in Bahrain. Yeah, yeah, he had the engine issue, and Lewis just hmm, goodbye. Seconds lap. Right? I think Ricardo, yeah. well, he retired in about half the races that year, didn't he? Because of the car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, like I'm assuming. Races. Yeah, I'm assuming that same issue happened at some stage, <laughs> and made him have to retire because it's Monaco. I guess. It, I guess it makes things different. That's something. Yeah. Um, that being said, in 2019, Max probably shouldn't have been anywhere near Lewis because he should have had at least one car in front of him before Lewis. If Red Bull hadn't just been like, oh, there's Valtteri. <laughs> Go anyway. There's um, Valtteri. He's just a rolling roadblock at this point. I know. That's one of those things stuff. where, like, because it's Monaco, I mean, I, I don't think they at that exact point well we have to do an unsafe release here for track position even if we take the penalty but it actually probably you know ultimately it had to be done if it weren't any chance of winning didn't it yeah 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 track position is that important at monaco you're willing to take any kind of penalty mm-hmm. given to you yeah um i mean that was the thing because he was just like oh, i'll just you know take a five second penalty and if I can get past him, then I can pull that easy. But it was just, mm. it was the getting past that was the issue. So and then he tried to mm. send it into the, the chicane and just drove into Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. I was still amazed actually that Hamilton didn't get a puncture from that. I'm, a, yeah. I'm amazed was... nobody broke anything majorly there. Like you try that on the game, somebody loses like their suspension. Yeah. And then there's suddenly a pile up and there's like eight cars there and the safety car tries and goes through. <laughs> just plows everyone out of the way. <laughs> Bring back the red flags. It does need it for some things. Like I had, I had a clip on my game. I was around Zandvoort, and Perez had pulled off to the side, completely out of the way, 
but still yellow flags in the sector. Gasly comes along and just parks it on the apex of the corner. Just, oh. just stops there because mm, there's thought. yellow flags and Perez is off. And then like Danny Rick, Valtteri Bottas, and about four other cars just careen into the rear end of Gasly. I think like three cars had five second penalties, and then two more DNF'd, and it was just. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got a lot to say about Co-Masters when we do that episode on. On yeah, the game. We'll, d- we'll discuss that just before the game's release. <laughs> mm. um, but, yeah, odds of a red flag this weekend, would you say? 100%. Mazepin. Mazepin's on the good. The thing is... During the race or any about, session? Uh, yeah, the race. Yeah. Oh, okay. There will be a red flag because yeah. there's a red flag every weekend. Yeah. Um, um, if we take into account practice. But, yeah, no, during the race... I don't know. I'd say a strong 75%. Does it normally happen? We don't normally well, we get a red flag. We haven't had a red flag in Monaco since I remember. 2014 or something. Um, it's, it's been a while. I'll bring up the list of red flag races. Singapore. I'm we don't get a, a car park. I'm surprised we don't get a car park more often because well, well, it, yeah. ha- it nearly happened, didn't it, last time? Yeah, there was nearly one like, but, um, in 2019. I'm actually quite surprised it doesn't happen more often, to be fair. But talking about Mazepin, I literally, like we joked about him, but he's literally, well, if he's going to be in the barrier at some point for a start because he can't do a weekend without spinning. And if you spin in Monaco, you're on the barrier. The wall. So, but literally, um, he's going to be last... so fast the pace. It's, yeah. The last red flag we saw in Monaco, in Monaco was 2013, featuring the precursor to Nikita Mazepin, Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> of course it's Pastor. Oh, God. I mean, that bodes well for, for a Mazepin, doesn't it? If, yes. if the Lord Pastor does it, then who is he to not? <laughs> Blue flags as well, Mazepin. I mean, you can't get out of the way on any other track. I'm, I'm adamant. He's going to be about three seconds a lap slower. Yeah, that's exactly what I think. But we said this last week, didn't we? He literally, he genuinely might decide the race with the blue flags if he can't get out of the way. Like, there's a good chance he could take someone out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's more likely because... Well, he almost took out Perez. A train will just form rather than somebody getting past similar to how Lewis he'll just have to session in Singapore because of blue flags. Yeah. He'll receive so many blue flags. He'll just have to like park it at the side of the track and wait for everyone to go past. Yeah. Apart from it's train. (laughs) (laughs) So, so what do we reckon? Do we reckon Mazepin's going to get lapped by his teammate this week? Well, I'm going to be honest. I don't see Mazepin getting that far into the race. that will be lapped by anyone. That's fair. <laughs> Did we say um, we going to do um, what lap, lap predictions? Be lapped, bingo. Was it? Yeah, hang on. So let's get the official number of how many laps are at the uh, at the Grand Prix. I'm yeah, well, sure I think I know what everyone's going to answer anyway <laughs> as to when Mazepin's going to finish his race. Well, There's we... a lot. I mean, there's what lap he'll be lapped. There's yeah. what lap he'll crash. Seventy-eight laps. And how oh many laps he finished? How many laps behind he's going to finish? If he does. If he okay, finishes. so <laughs> Mazepin bingo. Um, will he finish, Alex? It's actually a tough question. Like, <laughs> I'm actually going to say yes, just for the purpose of how many laps down I think he'll be. Nia, will he finish? No. 
Just Ben, no. will he finish? Yes. Richard, will he finish? I think he will. Oh well, I'm I'm with Nia. He won't finish. <laughs> so Nia, what lap will he DNF? Oh, may I'd say maybe in the first third of the race. I'm not we, quite sure. We which need an exact lap. number. I need, a, I need a lap number here. <laughs> oh god. Oh, uh, let's go twenty-five. Why not? I'm going with one. <laughs> Old. I have a little bit of hope for him. Not much, but a little bit. Lap one. <laughs> what it takes is for someone to get a grid penalty and then someone's actually going to try and overtake him. <clears throat> yeah. Could be interesting. It's true. Um, yeah, but that's implying that he doesn't also get a grid penalty in qualifying, which he is very yeah. capable of. <laughs> <laughs> which he has done. Yeah. Uh, so, Alex, what lap is Mazepin getting lapped for the first time? Remind me how many laps there are in the race. Seventy-eight. Right. So if he's about three seconds off pace, plus traffic at the start, oh, I can't. No, I can't work out. I'm not clever enough for that. Lap twenty-one. Ben nine plus ten. Uh, thirty-four. Four, Richard. Uh. That's actually trying to calculate it. Quick math. <laughs> oh, I'm not clever enough to do that. I'm going to go for 26. Hoping that Nia, you've got Mazepin going that far into the race. So, yeah. well, he lapped before he crashes. Maybe. Who knows? I'm not that good at math. Yes or no? <laughs> I'm not that good at math to work out either. So, I'm going to say no. He's close to being lapped, but he's, so he's, he's going to crash out when he gets the blue flags. Yeah, let's <laughs> go with that. Yeah. Well, he could um, he could lose his front wing on the first lap and then be a lap yeah. down. That's true. So yeah, he could. True. That's mm. very possible. I guess for Please. the other three who have gotten finishing, how many laps down does he finish? <sighs> right. So twenty-one, and there's seventy-eight laps. So three laps down. Ben? Four. Four laps down. Oh. Oh, I can hear some serious tire gag there. Like 34 laps to get lapped at the first time, and then then four laps down total. They keep getting blue flags, panic, put it in the wall, get a front wing, (laughs) reboot over and over and over. That is possible. Uh, um, I, I'm gonna say Richard. he's gonna finish. I'm gonna say he's gonna finish two laps down. I think if he finishes, it'll be two laps down. But I still don't think he'll make it past lap one. I love this insight that we're giving. This is what our subscribers <laughs> sign up for: the the pure guesswork that goes into how many laps Mazepin's gonna make it into a Monaco Grand Prix. I think we've actually discussed more than any other driver. (laughs) Probably. I mean, that's. I mean, if we'd done this back in like Pastor Maldonado's day when he was crashing, we'd have probably been discussing him a lot. So, to be fair, if we'd done this during Roman's Lotus days, we probably would have been discussing Roman. Yeah, I think Um, generally you discuss the best and the worst drivers on the grid. Those who deserve the praise that they get, and those who don't deserve the seat they're in. Yeah. All jokes aside, we discuss him so much because he's literally like, he's genuinely 
a hazard in Monaco, isn't he? Yeah, that's not that's not. He's like... a hazard anyway. At Monaco, yeah. Yeah. he's <laughs> like he's just a walking disaster. I think there was an. Uh, Singapore did, as well. Yeah, Ocon oh, did an interview with someone and they asked, Are you scared when you see Mazepin on the track? He said, 100%. I am very scared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just like, he, he drives a lot more safely when Mazepin's there because he doesn't want him to crash into him. Yeah. It's like, that's how worrying it is. But um, yeah, Singapore, imagine it rains in Singapore. We've seen how badly that went for three good drivers. <laughs> I mean, I, I think as soon as it rains in in Singapore, he's he's in the wall. Yeah. If, if only we had any... the old Singapore sling. Oh no! <laughs> How many people will he take out? <laughs> but yeah. Um, so we've played Mazepin Bingo. <laughs> I guess this might just be a good point to do the predictions. Uh, yeah. While while we're talking predictions, we might as well get them in here now. Yeah, I've got I've got all seven in, thankfully, uh, after some last minute WhatsApp persuasion. Um, so Alex went for Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, it's pretty safe to be honest. Yes, yeah. it's not too exciting, is it? But I was. It's Monaco. Yeah, I kind <laughs> of just thought. I don't know why I had a feeling Mercedes. Mercedes seemed to be quicker in the slowest speed corners, which my. Sort of impression that I've been getting, but then I saw an interview earlier today. Christian Horner was like, "Oh, we were strong in the third sector of Spain, which is always the like the metric everyone uses, isn't it?" So, but I'm not changing it because I've never you always got to go with the first instinct. Oh, you can't change it now. I've said it. Yeah, <laughs> it's locked in. <laughs> yeah. uh, ben went for Hamilton, Verstappen, Ricardo. Want a dream. <laughs> admiring the dreams there plus i mean he's, <laughs> he's he's won a race there so you know he's got the experience of parking the bus so it'd be strong but i'm not sure if it'd be that strong but... <laughs> <laughs> uh chris went for i think what we we'll just have to describe as old faithful of hamverbot boys neil also went for hamverbot and oh look at that i also went for hamverbot <laughs> So uh, faithful from us this weekend. Yep, and um, we also early predictions on social media as as far mm. back as the tenth of May, literally a week before recording, we had some predictions in on the yeah. Discord. Oh God, they were yeah. I mean, Lily once again has gone in with uh, old faithful. I'm verbal. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, where have they gone? I don't think we need to bother asking for hers anymore. We just said, no. I think so we just need to yeah. like automatically enroll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have we all said Hamilton to win so far then? Or Ben, did you say this happened? No, no every, everyone has said Hamilton to win yeah. so far. It's the thing, I'm, I'm not so sure now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every, the thing is, like, Red Bull seem to be quicker over one lap, don't they? That's their, whereas Mercedes are quicker in the race. So, yeah. Obviously, you'd think if, if the staff can stick it on pole, possibly even, I think Perez is threatening a good, good result now. Then, obviously, park the bus in the race. And it's not well. They've, they've been side by side, haven't they, in every race so far? I'm not sure that's going to be Sapphire and Hamilton have. I'm not sure that's going to be happening again in Monaco. <laughs> mm. um, oh, see, everyone's changed their name on the Discord, so now I don't know who anyone is anymore. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. 
So Rembembo went for Verstappen, Hamilton, Bottas. Um, I'm literally just scrolling through the Discord, which um, is what I'm probably Hambal 93 went for Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. Yeah. And um, uh, Inder went for the same. Yeah. As Ham. Um, and then, yeah, there's. Yeah, there's Lily's. Uh, <laughs> Again, <laughs> old <yeah>. faithful. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's. I think that's it. Yes, that's everyone from. Cool. Discord, um, yep. And then we've got Sonya's and Mason's in. Um, yep. Sonya went for uh, Ben's prediction of Hamilton, Verstappen, Ricardo. Oh, so. Where's I? I really want to know, Ben. Where is Bottas and Perez? Uh, retired. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they're the ones that got caught up with Mazda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How is Mazda that far up the grid but... to take him with so him? He he sent heroics into Sandoval. <laughs> so then the blue flags come up. Perez behind him. He's panicked. Put it in the wall. Perez is hit him. He's out the race. <laughs> It's not impossible. Like Bottas is bad enough normally, isn't he? When he like falls back into the pack, say I mean, say he has a bad qualifying or something. It's not. I mean, say some one person jumps him on the start. Exactly. Yeah. Then he's you know he's stuck forever, isn't he? Until maybe a pit stop. Yeah. Uh, And then Mason is the only person to not predict Hamilton as as the winner, uh, because Mason has gone for Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a, a largely uh, a largely Hamilton favoured bunch here, but I think given his uh, record at Monaco, that's justifiable. Or anywhere. <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. Um, we have a new thing for this week going on with the rest of the season. Similar to the point for fastest lap, we're doing one point for pole position. Um, because predicting fastest lap is just who's going to pit at the end of the race. Um, so Mason has went for Verstappen. Um, Alex has put in a standing order for Hamilton to get pole position unless he says otherwise. Um, Richard, Richard has went for Max, but you've got Hamilton to win. Yeah. This well, is Max the Monaco set, Grand Prix. Max set fastest lap last time round. So, but this is the Monaco Grand Prix. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like Red Bull usually are quite strong at Monaco, um, especially on, as we've said, one lap pace. They're, they're usually right. It's usually a very close fight for pole. Uh, ben has Hamilton. Nia, you didn't tell me who you have, so you get to tell us all right here. Who's getting up in pole? Hamilton. Who's Hamilton? <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> uh, honest, I completely forgot we were doing this, and so that's why I didn't give it in. Um, Lily so. has went for Hamilton, and Ham has went for Verstappen. And uh, Lily has also put Mazepin, both IP20. Yeah. As, yeah. Right. Instead of giving me a pole production, they've given me a P20. Uh, GPS has went for Mazepin as well. 
um, to start the gonna make back the, uh, of the grid. He's going to make the was it one hundred and seven percent rule? Oh, yeah, that, that is, would be that is the question. It's it. They're really lenient on that though. It's like as long as you set a time in yeah. any of the practice sessions. Yeah, then... I remember it like it used to be a thing when like HRT were racing. <laughs> it's they added it because teams in the nineties and stuff were showing up and were like ten seconds off the pace and quality. Mm. Um. Whereas now, if you set a representative lap time at some point during the weekend, you'll be allowed to start because it's clear you have some sort of pace. <laughs> Does he, though? <laughs> <laughs> enough. He has enough. Also um, Hang on, I'm just, so, getting, I'm just getting Sonia's poll prediction. Ah. Well, Ragunathan was allowed to race in F2, wasn't he? This is true. So. Yeah. Uh, Sonia has gone for Hamilton. (laughs) So, yeah, that's... Other big news this week, we've... So, I guess that sort of sums up Monaco. No, I mean, yeah, that's... It's not a lot that's happened since last time. Um, But, yeah, big, big news this week. Turkey has gone from the calendar. Yeah. Um... And the Styrian Grand Prix is back. So a bit of a shift to the calendar. The weekend that was meant to be the Canadian Grand Prix is now blank. And we're not going racing on the 13th. France has been pulled forward a week to the 20th, I believe. Yeah. And then we're getting a triple header. Which we don't normally get before the summer break, which is quite nice. Um, or we weren't scheduled to have before the summer break. Yeah, <laughs> last season's. Well, yeah, last season header galore. Yeah, yeah. Last so was the exception to that because still... yeah, we're going racing in France on the the weekend is the eighteenth yeah. and twentieth of June. The twentieth. Does that affect Roman's test drive? Uh, yeah, yeah it does. He's not, he's not Roman, doing the demonstration yeah. on the weekend, but he is getting his test drive. Okay. He's still getting his field. At least test. he's getting his drive. But yeah. yeah. Sad that the, he won't have the same he sort of spectators. Yeah. Amount of people there. Um, but he's doing well in IndyCar. Yeah. Got yeah, a podium. Got yeah. Pole position and yeah, pole position P2. on the maiden podium. Yeah. So. Um, then the weekend, the 25th to the 27th, we are going to the Red Bull Ring for the Styrian Grand Prix. Um, because the Austrian Grand Prix was already scheduled for the second to the fourth, so it made sense just to slot Styria in between. So yeah, a wee cheeky triple header, another Austrian double header. Um, hopefully we'll have more than eleven cars finish the first Austrian race this time round. Uh, well, that was that was Austrian Grand Prix last time, so they've got yeah. Styria first this time. So I think more people will finish. <laughs> it's the curse um, of the name. It's always it's yeah, always with the name. What's but, um... yeah. I wonder what they're doing with the fans because they're meant to have fans, aren't they? Aust- well, the Austrian Grand Prix. Yeah. But then are they gonna I have don't know if tickets, they're sort of so launching an emergency ticket and sale then... area or if they're just yeah. going to give fans tickets for both weekends. And the French Grand Prix, they've moved it, haven't they? So yeah, they've, they've, they've actually just moved the Grand Prix so the tickets and stuff will all be valid for the yeah. week earlier. But there'll be people that like are going to go on holiday, or I would have thought, yeah. the week before or something. Can't do um, it, but yeah. Formula 3 is also moving alongside the French Grand Prix. Um, so Formula won't be racing in Styria. They will be racing in France as scheduled. 
um, just on a new week. So yeah, that that was this week's big news was the change to the calendar. Uh, any thoughts? I mean, isn't that about four triple headers now or something? Yes, four yeah. triple headers. Which, when we said a couple of years ago, where F1 said, oh, we want to make it less, you know, stressful on the on the teams so they can see their families more, that sort of thing. Haha, <laughs> 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 23 race calendar, go burr. <laughs> yeah. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> COVID condensed calendar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the and- whole Canada thing was a bit dumb because it was just the authorities not actually saying anything. They were just yeah. like, oh, it's your problem. No, it's your problem. And nobody actually made a decision. So F1 just went, fine, we're going to go somewhere else then. Um, but then, then Turkey's been cancelled by the UK government, in essence, putting it in the red yeah. list. Yeah, um, because the majority of teams are UK-based, so then they wouldn't be allowed to return to the UK post-Turkish Grand Prix. But they've had to... Which relocate. I found strange, because there's exemptions in place for all the travel rules has been all through COVID for elite sport, mm-hmm. of which F1 is. Yeah, I think it I, might I think just it... be for, I'm not sure whether it was just for elite athletes or for yeah, the whole teams. That's the thing. Because I read yeah. somewhere it was just for the athletes, so that's why Daniel Ricciardo was able to come from LA or something to McLaren. But, then, but I'm not sure about the whole teams. When you think about it though, the whole teams travel for football, like coaches and everything. Yeah, but they, people, they usually get um, uh, like sections of planes booked out. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like not as many people for football, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, yeah, there's uh, a 23 man squad and probably what, a dozen backroom staff at most. Yeah. I think there's probably more than that, but still, an F1 team is a, a lot, lot more. Like yeah. A couple hundred people. Easy, yeah. yeah. It, is, it is disappointing to lose Turkey from the calendar. I was I was quite looking forward to the Turkish Grand Prix. <laughs> well, Codemasters now have an excuse for not to add Turkey oh, yeah. to their game, so yeah. joy. Can't rag on them for that now. <laughs> Which means we'll probably only have 22 tracks in the game. Yeah. They said Canada's uh, staying. Oh, is Canada still going to be in the game? Well, yeah. there we go. Yeah, they said it was, uh, the, the calendar would be as planned as originally announced much like last year's game but then that there was a tbc round (laughs) this is true Um, and that means that vietnam is possibly still going to be in the game as well yeah i think it will Mm. be i I don't see why they can't just keep all of the tracks in and then just have a calendar like in in the mine team you can shorten the season and then pick and choose what tracks you want why can't we just have that anyway yeah so i mean because at the end of the day, adding the Styrian Grand Prix is as simple as changing the flag yeah. from the Austrian to the Styrian flag and changing the text overlays from Austria to Styria. And that is it. Yeah, exactly. They've got the track. They've got absolutely everything they could possibly need for it. It is just cosmetics that they need to change. And then you'd have the Styrian Grand Prix as well. Well, so, sure. Um, oh, yeah. Sure eventually in about eight yeah. months time when they're, uh, yeah. when they're finished breaking the game enough. <laughs> when yeah. they're finished breaking multiplayer by absolutely that's sending it on no rules. <laughs> I mean, that's what no rules multiplayer is for. Exactly. <laughs> Corners at Monza? <laughs> no. 
Ah, uh, no, no. no Best track for No Rules is actually Paul Ricard. Well, yeah, because it's yeah. just a car park. You can just drive wherever you like. That's actually yeah. great fun. That's, I think that, that takes more skill than actually driving the track, trying to work out the best lines. <laughs> Where's your braking point? It's about three miles that way. And then yeah. you take a sweeping line through. <laughs> What's brakes? <laughs> oh, sorry. Engine braking. You downshift to like just swing the car around. Just fly off the circuit, <laughs> like that, that karting video. Oh god, that was sure mental! That, oh yeah. god, that was, that was. I was not yeah. expecting that as well because I was. I was. I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought it was going to be like some kind of incident where, like, one of them had deliberately crashed into someone else out of you know, rage or something like we've seen before, and just seen them all fly off the road. Yeah, I was listening to the commentary yeah. and it was just like, okay, well, they, they'd obviously had some rain before because there was a dry line on the track and then they got to about turn two and they just started chucking it down. And then the marshals in vain holding out the, the slippery surface flag as just... Yeah, the red every, and yellow flag. Every single car cart just slides <laughs> off the corner. I'd be well, so think... scared if I was like one of the first carts to go off well, yeah. just watching everyone coming yeah. towards you be like, oh god, no. Well, well yeah, it's a bit like collisions. that Nürburgring incident at the German Grand Prix. I can't remember what year it was, but in the wet there was just about six cars one slid off one the, after the other. One almost hit the, the digger, the JCB yeah. thing. Mm. Um, I guess the, the good thing in that instance was it would have been slow speed. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And not like what we had tragically at the 2014 Japanese Grand Prix. Yeah, sadly, Which, lessons weren't learned from it, and we still did lose yeah. Jules. So, well, lessons were learned at least from from Jules' from accident, yeah. and that's that's what's given us the virtual safety car. Mm. And um, in many respects, the Halo. Yeah. So, Roman has Jules to thank in a way. A lot uh, of drivers do, like yeah, yeah. Charles Leclerc as well. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, Alonso over the top. Yeah. Just leave it, leaving him a little little rubber skid mark on his, on his halo just as a party. There was, a, there was another incident as well. I can't remember. People were saying it helped Bottas in the one with Russell, Emila. Yes, because yeah. Bottas is, um, if you looked at Russell's on board, uh, his tire literally went like square at Bottas's face, mm. and only the halo stopped it. So yeah. it's a bit weird to think about. Like, there's been, you know, it's been a handful of these where we could say, "Oh, the halo, yeah, might have saved them." But then pre 2017, there was only obviously, well, the halo wouldn't have saved George Yankee, would it? But no. wasn't well, really. It uh, might have done. It might have lessened his injuries. Mm. But I think at the speed that he was going into that digger, the halo probably would yeah. have snapped. Um, I think the amount of load put through it um, would have I been... I don't know, because de they're designed to hold like seven London buses. Mm. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of force that can go through a halo, which rightly so, given the nature of the crashes that you're trying to stop. Yeah. I.e. Um, Roman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is just testament to how well it works he's speared through an armco barrier at like 163 g or something stupid um and yeah just hopped out because he didn't have his face squished because there was a halo in front of it so yeah mm. <laughs> 
yeah, um, Halo, fantastic invention for Formula One. Yeah, very um, timely as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. What else is happening this week? Ah! There's the... McLaren, special livery for the Monaco Grand Prix. I'm going to go straight out. I don't like Boring on me. I bought the merch because the merch is nice, but um, it's growing on me. I but I prefer the normal one. Mm, I like it as a one-off. It's very retro, which well, that's that's the whole thing. It's it's back to like the sixties, seventies when they first had the partnership. Yeah. Mm. Um, I I appreciate the sentiment of the livery. I just don't like the livery. No, I I, I quite like it. Um, it was, I think, when when golf was first announced, people started making like fan made versions, and a lot of them are, are much similar to what we've actually received for this one off livery, which is quite nice. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think just the, the 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 solid papaya is just so iconic as it is now that I don't think that they'd change it beyond a one off. No, I think it. I'm quite happy. It is the one off? Like it's a nice livery, but I'm just glad it is just a one off. Because personally, I don't think the colours mix well with that much orange with that light blue. That they doesn't work really. Personally, anyway, I know uh, a lot Mercedes, of people on Twitter would disagree. Yeah, Mercedes <laughs> did take a nice, a nice jab at McLaren. Yeah, better. Um, God. with this, with this beauty. Of a tweet, retro one-off <laughs> livery, been there, done that, have the scars to prove it. Okay, but well in <laughs> are Netflix following McLaren at Monaco? It better not be because if they are, then it is confirmed curse. One-off livery and Netflix equals bad race. <laughs> I, I don't think we'll know what races Netflix were with which team until the end of the season because it wasn't really published that well. No, it, it was all it was all rumor <laughs> and speculation last season. It'll be it can like, you see a Netflix cameraman yeah. in the background? But a lot of the time they're wearing a lot of the time they're wearing team kit, so you can't really tell if they're for Netflix or for like their social media. Yeah, yeah. I think I did spot the Netflix crew at Bahrain, as I mentioned in the first episode, sort of following photo. I think it was um, away from the Sky interview, and their cameras are quite different from yeah. everyone else's, so you can spot them that way. But, but yeah, I think because they're also not recording have, yeah. for broadcast, they're recording just for yeah. recording. Yeah, I think you have to be like actively looking out for them if you really yeah. want to find them. Because, like I said, a lot of the time they're in team kit. So find the guy who doesn't have an aerial attached. <laughs> yeah, basically. Or just look for the person with the boom mic, just like hold. It's a sort of <laughs> it's a sort of harness camera that they yeah, because they like hold on over to the, the shoulder. Steady. Yeah. Yeah. And you have the poor person with the boom mic holding it above their head for like, could be hours upon end. Yeah. Oh, that's pain. I hate doing that. George did say on Twitter he's he thinks he's going to have more screen time in this year's drive to survive than he did last year. Well, that's not odd. He just has to like make an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully <laughs> not Emily. Oh God. <laughs> probably is. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Already set up. Yes. Will be bottas. Already written the the episode now. Well, yeah. I mean, if it does turn out to be seat changing or whatever later that season, later in the season, that probably will end up being an episode, and it will mm. be featured. Yeah, 
Imagine and they'll that. say they'll um they'll say Bottas making it difficult for Hamilton in Spain was like the big turning point that made Mercedes really angry or something like that, weren't they? Yeah, they'll they'll hype book three desks because of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the absolute <laughs> scenes when it turns out that Netflix paid the Daily Mail to run the story about them swapping <laughs> mid season. <laughs> just just to feed their own fire. Yeah. I think I think um, it was the sun, but yeah. No, I wouldn't put it past Daily Mail. So I just, you know, they they chat a lot of rubbish. So <laughs> they will do. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is true. Yeah, I've seen um a lot of people actually bringing Ocon back into the argument. Yeah, I've seen that. I wouldn't mind he's seeing in... Ocon in the Mercedes. I don't know. He's he's under contract with Alpine though, and I feel yeah. like that's probably a good environment for him. French man in a French team. Yeah, and he's doing well. But then Russell was under contract with Williams, and he raced than Sakia. I feel like a one-off race is a lot easier to negotiate than stealing a driver permanently. I guess there's been a lot of those like mid-contract moves in the past and stuff. Most of those have come from Red Bull, though. Yeah. And given that they own two teams, it's a lot easier for them to do that. Uh, speaking mm. of that, did you see? Did you see Bottas in the press yeah. conference yeah. for Spain? Sending those digs. Um, <laughs> Do you the feel only one threat- team that does that. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. threatened in your seat? He basically turned around and was like, no, because I don't drive for Red Bull. <laughs> um, it was like, yeah, there's only one team that changes their drivers mid-season. I've got a contract at Mercedes and that contract will be honoured. Like, Good on you, Bottas. But he only yeah. signs one-year contracts, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. So Both Mercedes drivers are out of contract at the end of the season. Yeah. There's talks of Lewis extending his by yeah. two years. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that George is going to replace Valtteri and then Esteban is going to replace Lewis when he goes. So it'll be George and Esteban. I thought you were about to say Esteban was going to replace George. I thought, <laughs> why are they demoting Esteban? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be yeah. fair, it's not, it's not unheard of that a con- driver's contract can be broken since a move because obviously Perez. Yeah. Yeah. It, but yeah. I just, I don't see, well, for a start, I don't see Ocon being much of an upgrade on Bottas and they can't risk. I mean, I, I don't think there's well, obviously this whole thing about Hamilton retiring at the end of the year and this seat being taken by Russell is kind of gone now, isn't it? But I just, I don't see Ocon moving. And obviously if Lewis is going to stay, there's, there's kind of a sense growing that Russell, it wouldn't be actually such a bad thing if he did end up staying at Williams because they, sit, uh, they there's talk that they're going to be quite good in 2022, isn't there? They're going to... You know, with the new owners, that sort of thing. But I don't know how much of that I'm going to believe. Yeah, I, I mean, think, every every think, team has said, "Oh, yeah." As I say, let's be honest. Oh. Any team can do well off the back of new rules. Look at Mercedes. Yeah, yeah I think. Mm-hmm. I think if Bottas gets another year in Mercedes, a I'll be highly disappointed. Um, but B, I think Russell needs at least a year in a more midfield team um, I for the sake think, of his racecraft. I mm. think Bottas will still drive for Mercedes in 2022. With it being the first year of the brand new regulations, I think Mercedes will want consistency in yeah. their drivers. Mm. Yeah, but do they want that. consistently second fiddle or do they want consistently fighting for wins? They don't care. They're winning championships. This is true. Um, I'm just I, I I'm of the mindset that George is going to be a better racer for them than Valtteri is, 
Um, oh no, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but as long as Mercedes are winning championships, they won't care who's in the car, sort of thing. Mm. Especially and, this year, that Bottas is yeah. exactly what they need. Yeah. So, and right now they're leading both championships by a half decent margin at this stage in the season, and probably would be leading it by a little bit more had Russell not spared Bottas in Imola. Yeah, two points. Um, yeah, two, two, one or two points more. <laughs> but those points would be crucial. Well, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, we saw like fastest lap can make a difference between who's on yeah. top of the championship or not. So, I mean, I know there's only been like. It, it was only been two races at that point, but still, it, it made a difference. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were saying this could be Gasly's last year. Because I, I hope think, not. Yeah, I hope yeah, not. Yeah, last but, um, year I hope not, but at Red Bull, I hope um, so. Yeah. Because I've seen some people saying that maybe I'm not exact. Is Liam Lawson in F2? Mm. Was he? Yeah, he's yeah. he's in the junior formula and he is a Red Bull junior. Yeah, driver. I'm not exactly sure which formula he's in, but I think he is in Formula Two. And a lot of people were saying how they were going to replace Gasly with Liam Lawson. Mm. I then... don't see it. I don't see them having Sonoda and a rookie. Yeah, but I also if they're not saw... forced to be. I also yeah. saw some people say that Gasly should move to Alpine. Yes, mm. but obviously they're both in contract. I think in Alpine. Mm. Not sure so, about yeah. F- Liam Lawson is currently in F two. Yeah, I saw some people say like he he's going to be brought up to AlphaTauri because we know how Helmut Marco is trigger happy and bringing up new drivers. <laughs> and um, people could... saying Gasly could go to Alpine, which I do think would be better for Pierre, but I don't see it happening now. Anyway, now Sergio's only on a one year contract. Could we see Gasly back in the Red Bull next season? If it didn't happen after he won a race, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. I. That would allow There's... for the Lawson move because they just dropped True. Sergio. He he means nothing to Red Bull True. in the long run. They he, they haven't invested yeah. in... So promote Gasly, promote Liam. There, there's both. a lot of backroom politics at Red Bull. Oh, though. yeah. The problem is they've got too much of an ego to admit that they made a mistake. That they made a mistake, yeah. yeah. That's, that's see, always the problem. I don't see... Uh, Pierre himself saying he wants to go back to Red Bull, really. Mm. I think he might have said something like that. Yeah, he said something before. similar on Drive to Survive. Yeah, he said something he similar. He wasn't interested but... really in going back to Red Bull. Yeah, but I, I don't see him going back there, especially since they kicked him out, even yeah. though he was still getting used to the car, which is basically cursed, which we now know is def- most likely cursed. So like, I don't see him going back to that environment. Yeah. If Red Bull point. gave up their all their eggs in one basket mentality, they'd actually be a strong team. Mm. Yeah. How many times? But the fact that already it's, the season? fact that it's all about Max Verstappen. Yeah, that's where their problems lie. Yeah. That's the thing. Mercedes have been the perfect team, haven't they, for the last mm-hmm. what, four and a bit years? But well, that's a good point you made about Gasly because I've kind of been thinking. I mean, we're going into silly season a little bit, which we're saving, aren't we, for later? But. Um, yeah, but, we're approaching but, the start of silly season, though. I, I'd only penned it in for then because that's generally when it yeah. kicks off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on um, on Gasly, yeah, I mean, he's kind of... Obviously, he's very happy at Alphatari, isn't he? But he's kind of achieved everything he can there because obviously they're never going to be a championship yeah, they're, they're team, not. are they? Coupled with the fact that, obviously, there's all the Red Bull politics, like you said, and a, there's several young drivers, isn't there, actually, mm. that are doing pretty well. And 
could well be promoted. And there's obviously the natural move is to Alpine, but obviously I doubt Walcon's not going to get kicked out. And unless that move to Mercedes happens, he's not going to leave, is he? For whatever reason. But then and I can't Fernando, see... Fernando's only on a two-year contract, I think. So but, yeah, even if it. we see Gasly at Alpha Tower in 2022, that would be perfect for Alpine. Two French drivers and a French team and a French car. I thought Ocon and Gasly don't get on. Uh, no, they don't. They haven't really gotten along since yeah. they were like in karting. But uh, this is Formula they're, One. They're yeah. doing a press yeah. press conference together for Monaco. They're together yeah. for the press conference, so that'll be interesting. And also, this is Formula One. If you're offered a seat, you're going to take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm looking through the like the, the teams, and I don't see where else he'd go. To be yeah. honest, because. Mm-hmm. Ferrari are looking quite comfortable with Carlos and Charles. And Carlos is really there just to wait for Mick to get experience to go up to Ferrari, isn't he? Pretty much, yeah. I Uh, mean, McLaren are pretty set. Aston, both drivers are under contract. Yeah. Well, Seb, Seb stick around. (sighs) Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I don't know. I think if he stops enjoying it, then I think he's going to go... Um, I think he stays for new rules, but if they yeah. are as bad as they are this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, ends his contract early. How long but, is I mean, his contract? Is... Or is like I think it's just multi years. Oh wow. Um, Kimmy as well. Sure. <laughs> I mean, Kimmy's Kimmy Kimmy just doing hobby. this as a hobby at this point. Yeah. And... I think um, Kyle Mylot's most likely going to get Kimmy's seat. Yeah. Once he leaves, so. yeah. If Schwartzman, yeah, ups his game. Yeah, once you start getting into those sort of teams, you're looking at where junior drivers going to go. So yeah, yeah but that's the thing. I mean, every time a driver sort of gets hung out to dry, like happened to Hulkenberg, what looked like it was going to happen to Perez. That the rumours are always, you know, Haas, Alfa Romeo, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Generally, but then you've got to fit in the young drivers. You've got to fit in if Raikkonen's going to carry on. Everyone kind of assumes Giovinazzi is always going to get dropped, but he never does. I think then, he's like pretty solid for them until yeah. they find like a better junior you driver. Giovinazzi is quite a good driver, though. Yeah. That's the thing. He's, he's pretty solid for Alfa Romeo. He's definitely doing well this year. Mm. He's been on the fringes of points see. in pretty much all the races, except for Spain, but that was, you know, a pit yeah. stop failure. But I don't see Giovinazzi going anywhere but Alfa Romeo, to be honest, because Ferrari have their heart set on having Mick there. Once Carlos goes, and like I don't see him going anywhere else. Yeah. So right now, Schwartzman is eighth in the Formula Two Championship. Yeah, he hasn't got off to a good start. Um, Lawson is second. Who else is in the Premier League? Piastri is. Uh, Oscar yeah. Piastri. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar Piastri's fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Schwartzman got five a... points ahead of Schwartzman. Yeah, Schwartzman got fourth last year, so he didn't do too bad in his rookie F two season. It is, of course, worth noting, though, we've only had one round. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we forgot to preview about Monaco. Formula 2 is back. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so is Freca. All 34 cars in Freca. I don't know if it's going to be 34 this time, because they said last time out um, that because some of the drivers have other responsibilities that they were running 32 cars in Imola and then... They were supposed to be 34 in Spain, but people conked out with issues, so no, was... only 32 started. Yeah, and then there was only about 30 in Imola, I think. Yeah, there yeah. was only because... 30 in Imola. Yeah. But even then, 30 cars. 
Late I mean, enough. I talked about bumper cars with with Formula E, um, and there's only there's twenty cars in that, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it's more than that. Twenty. There's either way, times it by Frecker. Yeah. <laughs> twenty four. Twenty four. Formula E. Formula E. We should we should do a bingo for Frecker of how many front wings are going <laughs> to destroy. <laughs> oh God, I don't. Well, uh, I, was, I mean. Um, we we saw it in Spain, chaos. Like it literally, both races took less than a minute and a half after the start for the safety car to come out. So I don't yeah, but if see we want to it's... talk chaos in Spain, look at Formula <laughs> Three where we had four race leaders and five laps. Yeah, but because my... they kept crashing into each other. Yeah, my 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 thinking is that it's Monaco, and if an incident like that happens on lap one again. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be red flagged, and it's just going to be a, then a cycle of start, crash, red flag, start until there's literally not enough cars for them to crash into each other, or not enough time for them to run the race. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm being a bit harsh on the drivers, but I think a little. They are. They are still two... talented. <laughs> yeah, but oh, two races, like... both both coming out with a safety car in a minute and a half. Yeah, but in Freca, it's like a lot of them, it's maybe their second formula in like single seaters. It's like yeah. obviously that's very, very junior. And I mean, maybe, yeah, a lot of them are like yeah. 16, 17. Yeah, a lot. I know. I think all the Prema boys are 16, 17. Maybe even so the ART as well. I'm not sure. The first Freca race is at quarter past 10 track time on Saturday. Um, before FP1 so there is the possibility of an FP1 delay <laughs> that being said however there is ACM guest laps in between then so there is a lot of time to clear oh, up okay. yep. so they'll probably um, cancel the guest laps if they need it yeah and the second Freco race is on Sunday at 10 to 12 track time yeah, there's there's generally more time on a Sunday anyway. <laughs> Formula Two are not racing on the Sunday. They're doing what Friday, Saturday then? Formula Two are racing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, Blimey. um, practice and qualifying on Thursday, and qualifying is split into groups, so they won't all go out together. Um, I'm not sure how they're doing the group split, but yes, yeah, split into groups, probably by championship order. I was going to say, they're going to do it like Formula E do. Yeah. And then the first race is on the Friday. Uh, The second race and the third race are on the Saturday. 20 past eight track time for the first Formula 2 race on the... uh, For the second Formula 2 race, sorry, on Saturday. It's, It's too early. I was online <laughs> yeah. anyway. I don't know, quite. It's not like I have work in the evenings. <laughs> so that is um, 20 past seven UK time for Lights Out. Question is, how much do I want to sleep that day? So if you're feeling awake on Friday morning um, and fancy, well, on Saturday morning, fancy watching some Formula 2. It's all at 20 past seven on Sky Sports F1. 
or whichever broadcast you are in your territory. Yeah, or, or whichever yeah. broadcast from the region you're from. Let's be honest, it's probably Sky Sports F1 because yeah. they do like half of Europe. And then it might not be 24-7. Yeah. Yeah. It'll probably um, be 20 past eight if it's Europe yeah. then, because you know they most of it runs on the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Central <laughs> European time. But yeah, um, have we missed anything? There was um, there was one thing going around, wasn't there, about Red Bull's rear wing? Oh, oh yeah, flexi, flexi wings. Rear wing. Flexible rear wing. Yeah, I must admit I did not yeah. catch that. So. They are going to be adding additional tests. Because watching the onboards from Spain, you could generally see Red Bull's wing like flexing and changing shape almost um, on the straights. It was flexing that much. So while stationary, it passes the load-bearing tests on the FIA, um, but in motion, it seems to flex. If they fail the additional tests that the FIA are launching via te- a te- technical drive this weekend, they will have until France to come up with a new rear wing. And if they don't, they get disqualified from races for being in breach of the technical regulations. Well, this is probably this year's, you know, the annual argument about some kind of technical thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we had DAS last last year. Um, I'm trying to think of previous ones. The the difference is, though, DAS was legal. DAS was just very innovative, and Red Bull were like, oh, I don't think that's legal in the FIA. We're like, well, but I mean, we had it with Mm. uh, Renault. In sort of 2005 2006, they're tuned mass dampers. In we had it with Racing Point last season. Oh, this oh, is yeah, true. Of course. Um, I was, I was just and slightly more historical. Uh, Renault with... in 2019 as well over the brakes. Yeah. Um, we had is it, like, is it the F duct? Oh, yeah, the F duct where they had to, yeah, that a lot of teams adopted that and then it all got banned for safety reasons. Um, mm. McLaren had their third brake pedal. Mm. Um, what? Well, yeah, first pedal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they had um, accelerator, brake, and then an extra pedal to the side of that, which just did, I think it was just the rear brakes. Um, and it just meant that you could pivot the car better. Um, and nobody knew for certain about it until a photographer managed to stick his camera down inside the, the monocoque when one of them retired halfway around the track. So Surely the FIA should have seen it, though. Yeah, but this was probably back before they did such high levels of scrutineering. Possibly. Like, back in those days, it was... I mean, there were cases of people adding lead shot to the fuel tanks to increase the weight. So <laughs> A car showed up with six wheels. <laughs> Wasn't there and one showed up with a fan on the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's true. And there was Spygate, wasn't there, as well? That was a big one. Yeah, that oh, wasn't yeah. so much a breach of the technical it. regulations yeah, was... as just spying. Yeah. Mm. And then, <laughs> then there was Crashgate as well. Yeah, that's and then there was that um wasn't the Hamilton Australia like getting disqualified for overtaking yeah, the safety and then being instructed to lie to the stewards. And there's like basically a lot of Michael Schumacher's career. <laughs> That. Nico, Nico Rosberg in, um, in Monaco 2016. Mm. F1 is full of controversies. Maybe we'll dedicate an episode to it one day. Yeah, that'll be a good one. But this, um, this Red Bull thing, I, I think I read somewhere 
probably on Twitter, so it might not be totally accurate. But <laughs> is it maybe worth a couple of tenths a lap? It, it, it is worth time, yeah. Yeah. So this is bad news for them if it gets banned, which it sounds like it might. See, that's that's what seems weird. But to maybe me, maybe they should just have designed a legal car. Yeah, but having a flexible rear wing to me does not scream more efficient. It screams because... less efficient because it moves. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, think about it. It's is it literally for the just high speeds more for the high speed circuits? They always bring the wee small rear wings. Yeah. So if you can get your rear wing basically to get smaller on the straights. Less drag and then snap back into snap back into uh, place on the corners. Um, but yeah, if if it is deemed illegal, maybe they should just have designed a legal car to catch Mercedes. I mean, we've they've had enough issues with DRS as it is. We've seen it when someone's gone to activate it and it's flung open and then has literally broken and has been yeah. flapping about down the straight, or people have had it stuck open. Um, I think it was. Was it Ericsson, the oh, yeah, Monzo? Yeah. I think that was his DRS stuck open. So when yeah, he stepped on was. the brakes, he just speared off to the left. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like, there's enough issues with the DRS as it is in terms of like technically. So why would you want to risk it and make a flexible real wing? And then there was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix as well, where we didn't have DRS for 30 odd laps because it broke at the FIA. <sighs> Snooze fest becomes more snoozy. No, it was actually a better race. <laughs> I know it's, yeah. it was weird. It was one of those ones where you'd think, "Oh yes, the overtaking aid is broken, but more people are overtaking." What? Yeah. Um, so I think it's because of the strange design of Abu Dhabi, where folk yeah. were getting past in the straight, like the first straight, and then There's the car behind wasn't immediately getting DRS to just blitz past again. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very circuit specific for, for yeah. Abu Dhabi um, because the the length of that first straight is so much greater than the second one. The car, the car that got overtaken didn't have as much of a run to get back at the other car. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm trying to think of if there's like any other circuit that would benefit from not having DRS. Austria, maybe. I don't know. I I don't really see the it's point. Three of it DRS going into zones. Turn one, if I'm being honest. Yeah, but then get rid of that one. The turn three, turn four one. Well, there's plenty of overtaking that goes on into turn four, though. That's the thing. With yeah. DRS. Well, yeah. Like, I think it would be interesting without DRS. Styrian um, Grand Prix, no DRS. Yeah. Austrian Grand Prix DRS. Well, that's what they wanted. Like the commentators and stuff when we were going at Hysteria last year was to remove the turn three four DRS zone. Are we are we going to get different tire compounds this year? Do we have unknown? Um, I don't <laughs> think Pirelli have announced the allocation yet. That that was one thing that we desperately wanted was different tire compounds. Uh, we got it. At, we got it. At got it in Britain. Yeah. yeah. Um, which everyone was then very worried about after everything exploded on the first race weekend. Well, this weekend we're bringing C3, C4, and C5. Yeah, but we always brought the softest stuff to Monaco, yeah. didn't we? We always brought the hyper soft and the ultra soft and the super soft. <laughs> Bring back the hyper soft. Bring it back just, the rainbow. It just sounds so much better than C5, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and the rainbow did just look good. Yeah, it... <laughs> 
I mean, I understand it from a, let's bring new people into the sport. They instantly know which is the softest tire, but in the, on a greater context, it gave you an idea of how abrasive each circuit was at a very quick glance. So you could, you'd know that if they were running the, the orange, which was like the super hard or something one week, you'd know that that is a very abrasive circuit for that car compared to Singapore or Monaco where they always ran the hypersoft. Yes. So uh, I, I quite liked it from that point of view because it gave you a very quick snapshot of how, how, how aggressive the tires, um, how aggressive the circuit is on the tires. But I suppose we kind of still get that with the C1 to C5. It's just, you know, a slightly more involved process of finding out which three we're on. Mm. So I don't know. I still like I still liked the the old version, but I can see why they've changed it. Yeah, I, I can see why they've changed it, but I, I like the rainbow personally. Yeah. It was just a lot easier to understand. I like think, you think the, oh, hypersoft, yeah, very soft. <laughs> I, th- I think the only thing I'd change would be the the blue. Um, there was a, a dry blue tire. Yeah, that was the hard tire. Yeah, got got confusing when the wet was a very similar shade of blue. <laughs> yeah. So I think I, if I was going to change it, I'd change that and make it a totally different color, um, or just a lighter shade of blue, like sky blue, because the wet's is quite a, a deep blue. For, yeah for wet water so and know. i guess you can sort of see that it's the wets yeah because it's good it's got the the massive grooves cutting the top but when you're and so, it's most likely wet when they're yeah, on yeah but when you're like <laughs> out at a massive shot and you can just see like six cars going through and one of them's got blue tires on you're thinking what is he doing it's worth noting that this is from the original calendar oh. um so we still have canada on here uh, but <laughs> Um, for Monaco, C3, C4, C5. Azerbaijan, C3, C4, C5. Uh, Canada was supposed to be C3 to C5. France is C2, C3, C4. And Austria is C2, C3, C4. Um, the range. Yeah, Britain, so being, Britain being the hardest tyres. We're seeing the C1s again yeah, in well, the UK. Britain always gets the hardest tyres. Yeah. I mean, it's Saudi Arabia, C2, C3, C4. I mean, I think that's understandable, really. They've just gone middle of the range yeah. for a circuit that we don't really know that much about. Singapore, we're getting the softest tyres, which is a bit different um, because back in the days of the hyper soft and stuff, they weren't taken to Singapore. It was usually the, Super, the yeah. soft, the super and the ultra that went to Singapore. I don't know. I... I hope that they do change it for Styria. I hope yeah. they do. I mean, it's different this time round because Styria's first. Um, so I don't know whether I want them to move the Austrian tyre allocation forward or run the softer allocation the week before. Because mm. if you run the softer allocation the week before, then you've got a lot of data. I would run tires. the... Would run the harder specification yeah. first, similar to Britain last year, because yeah. no one knew how the tires were going to run. Um, and it changes it changes the race because it's a different what tire. Was your medium is now, is now your hard. hard. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, in in Britain, that basically ended up. What was your soft became 
your race tire and then your medium was mm. your race tire and that was it <laughs> because everyone was so nervous about the tires blowing up again they were just like we're just going to stick with what we know so but i don't know it's it's an it's an interesting one um you could you could argue the case of change the austrian grand prix to the harder set and then change the steering one to the softest set because then they the teams only have data from one common set of tire we're going to we're going to set and discuss this and then it's going to rain yes and everyone and that's just going to be the enters and the wets <laughs> So we can dream, right? <laughs> I mean, wet race, that'd be good. Well, I mean, we saw wet qualifying at Styria. That was good. So. Um, Max uh, goes slide. <laughs> uh, Carlos goes zoom into P3. Yeah. Tonio goes wee. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully, hopefully when we go around Austria, Kimmy's tyres will stay on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> I'd, I'll just never forget his team radio. The whole front right corner is gone. Okay, can we park the car? Really, Alfa Romeo? Yes. Uh, he's just going to trundle around. <laughs> yeah. And Crofty said he has a ma- he's had a massive crash. It's literally just in fairness. Come off and he's yeah, it up we did sort of we cut to Kimmy. He's missing a tire parked right beside the pit wall. That was that, that indicates was the... he's hit the wall. And then we've seen the replay of it just going. Adios. <laughs> yeah, that was the strange bit. Like, you, you cut to Kimmy, you see he's got no tyre, but you also see that his entire suspension element is still intact, and he's and still so got his, his, front entire, wing. his entire drum. Yeah. <laughs> so And yeah. his front wing. Yeah. <laughs> I... So one thing I love, I think um, it was that one, where the tyre just comes off, you just see him coming down the road, and you just see the tyre go past the screen. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Oh, it was, uh, what else do we have? We had Danny Kvyat's tyre just exploded yeah. down the home straight. It wasn't even down the home straight. It was up it to was, turn three. No, it was into turn one. Oh, it was it turned off there. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about when um, Magnussen's brakes just came ceased working. Yeah, and he did a 180. It was a nice pirouette, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Interesting way to stop. It worked. Just spin. <laughs> And then, then Roman's brakes failed. Yeah. See, the problem is K-Mag's replacement is trying the spin to go fast, whereas K-Mag was using it as a stopping procedure. Um, Vettel spun. Well, I mean, the Ferraris collided. Well, yeah, well, yeah that was Steria, yeah. yeah. That was the next week. Chaos. Basically, it was great fun. Yeah. <laughs> Two fantastic races, and I'm looking forward to another double header. Yeah, with fans um, this year, at least one of them. Yeah, yeah. I looked on the website; there doesn't seem to be any tickets for Styria. Yeah. Um, so I guess it was only just announced, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, those two Grand Prix were great ones to start watching F1 on, and then just my expectations for the rest of the season were just disappointment. Yeah, then we went to Hungary. <laughs> yeah, because those two were my first everyone, two races. I watched. everyone in commentary always says is Monaco without the walls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those two were the first races I watched. The rest of the time was just disappointment. Oh, okay, no disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> in fairness, uh, there was a lot of good racing in twenty twenty. Mm. 
There was a lot of chaos in 2020. Looking at you, Magello. Safety car restart, go boom. Yeah, but in fairness, I still don't think that was Bottas's fault. I think that. Oh no, it wasn't. No one can say it's Bottas's fault. I mean, it's the back Grosjean on the radio. Whoever was at the front is stupid. No, the guys in the like the first. 10 cars were fine because they were doing what they were supposed to. It was the guys behind trying to get a jump that royally screwed themselves. For Roman, I can understand why he thought it was Bottas's fault because he's seen cars belt it in front of him. Yeah. So he's done it as well. And then those cars have stopped. So he's thought Bottas has done that. But it wasn't. It was just whoever was in like 11th was like, oh, I go fast. Wait, no. Yeah, if we can avoid another one of those this year, I think that would be great because that was yeah. just, well, it was quite scary to be honest. Yeah, it was just sitting yeah. watching all of a sudden cars are going everywhere. You're like, what? Yeah, I was I was sat there watching, you know, you, you, you watch the restart, so you're thinking, okay, there's going to be an overtake, watch the front three cars, and all of a sudden there's just a massive plume of debris at the back. And it's like, yeah. what? This is a safety car restart. This this doesn't happen here. This happens in <laughs> turn one. It's like you have it. <laughs> And the best thing is they hadn't even restarted yet. They, they were still in the, the safety car yeah, portion. They, they Only Bottas had entered the green flags. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, it, it was a fun season. I enjoyed 2020. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying 2021 some more. Yeah, if they could stop changing the calendar so I don't have to keep crossing out my notes, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, nice I, I don't. Front page is gone. I don't think there's many other races at risk apart from Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, mm. I think that's Maybe and Mexico. and Mexico because Mexico the track's been used as a field hospital. Uh, that, that that's why that's why Formula E can't race there. Mm. Um, they're racing at a different circuit. Damn. <laughs> Still, suddenly, oh no, I've got COVID. Ah, oh, field hospital. Oh, look, best seats in the house. Pascun <laughs> uh, Grand Prix. Mm. Yeah, where would we go? Because that's they're back to back. That's Argentina, a triple right? Yeah. Go back to Canada again, or like one <laughs> of those one of those American tracks that we said about. Well, the Turkey... indie one. Turkey isn't cancelled. Turkey is only postponed. Hmm. Don't know what the weather's like in November. Officially, Turkey has been postponed. Interesting, considering that they're just a stand-in race for this year. So it's the same as China. It's if a gap opens up in the calendar. Oh, okay, they're like they've got the circuits. The list. Yeah. Right. Well, at least they've got ideas. But I don't think that a double header Turkey to China would be great. <laughs> well, <laughs> especially seeing as it's the week after the US Grand Prix. Yeah, I was going to say that double header makes sense. Going the US to Turkey, not hmm. so much. It's not a great triple header. I suppose you could go US China, go that way round, and then yeah. go to Turkey. Or just sort of <laughs> make Australia part of a triple header, like go Turkey, China, Australia. Yeah. But that's, that's even more calendar rejigs at that point, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I guess the bonus, though, is two of them are permanent circuits and you just don't move Australia. Yeah. You're literally just delaying the other races by, like, two weeks. 
Um, so, yeah, I guess time will tell. Um, but unless there's anything else, W Series started testing Anglesey today. That's... Ah, W Series is joining us at Circuit soon. Yeah, it's uh, both, uh, both Austrian races. They've changed it. Yeah, because... W Series aren't going to the Castellet. No, not anymore. No, because because it moved, so they're going to both oh, right, Austrian yeah. races. The UK, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think after that, it's the same as Formula One. Um, yeah, they've just not moved, which I find quite strange because Formula Three moved with the the French Grand Prix, and th- I think W Series only races are part of Formula One this year, so. Yeah. Yeah, they've become yeah. a support series this year rather than a standalone. But still interesting. Um yeah. maybe it was just more logistic challenges for them to possibly move it a week forward. Um I know a lot of the W series drivers are in like other series. Yeah. So like, it could also depend on like a lot of them. Because not all of yeah. them drive in formulas. Some of them do like other different types of motorsport as well. So it could have just depended on like one big season series that a lot of people win. Yeah, know. yeah. There's no point turning up to a track and you've got three drivers. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what else is there? I, I don't th- I think there's anything else. When are Formula E racing again? I don't think it's still June. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. Hmm. Is Brett next? Is Mexico in nineteenth and twentieth of June? Mm, that's if that goes ahead, though. So if it goes yeah. ahead, yes. Mexico well because they've got a circuit. Oh right, yes. And um, they're going to Puebla rather than um, Mexico City. Um. So yeah, it is Puebla doubleheader, New York doubleheader, London doubleheader, Berlin doubleheader. And then that's the end of the season. Kind of gutting you only get one race in Monaco, to be honest, considering how good it was. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe saying that, but I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god. It it doesn't taste right to say that. (laughs) It it tastes really weird to say, I can't believe we're not going to Monaco again. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I guess that shows you the difference a car can make. So yeah, please Formula One do the twenty twenty two regs right and make Monaco interesting, please. Exactly. <laughs> um, one thing we actually just well we're quickly touching on Formula E again. Mercedes had a very poor race in Monaco, but scored no points. Finish. Yeah, I think that's the first race weekend sort of thing that Mercedes haven't scored points this season. So. Wasn't it one of the um, Rome ones? Neither. Yeah, they, they didn't score in one of the races, but they scored at the next race. So oh, yeah, the they first, didn't like, score. It's the first the... track that they've not scored at, at all this season. Yeah, they didn't in race three, but race four, uh, Stoffel won the race. So. Still top in the team's championship, and I think Stoffel's like two points behind in the drivers. So it, they're not far away. No. Because Nick, I think Nick was leading the championship before yeah. this race. 
Um, so sorry, not Stoffel. Nick is um, just behind. Yeah. Um, or is he still that was what I was going to say. Nick yeah, France, France is leading now with five point by five points. That was cheeky, to be honest, in the Formula E qualifying. I I missed quali. Uh, uh, what happened? I, I've watched it on iPlayer, and in the first group, basically. Um, De Vries and teammate went out one and two. De Vries as rear gunner and basically just backed up everyone else uh, to the point that on the corner into the tunnel, De Vries got hit in the rear end. And then on the run down into Tabac, someone tried to overtake him and he just fully blocked them and then asked about it afterwards. He just completely denied blocking. Oh. So... I don't think he got penalised. So the stewards obviously agreed. Um, I mean, you look at it from from the camera angle they have, looking down at Tabak, and he has clearly blocked that guy. But obviously, they've just gone. It's qualifying. Everyone still made it to the flag anyway. Oh well. So, I'll, I'll check qualifying was, group one. Yeah, it was a bit. I don't know. It, it didn't. I didn't like it. <laughs> it just didn't feel like proper quali when yeah. you're literally just holding someone up just for the sake of it. So, um, car twenty two is Oliver Turvey. Um, had his super pole time deleted. Oh no, sorry, that was possession. But yeah, so Roland had his super pole time deleted. But yeah, um, De Vries wasn't penalised for anything, and started twenty yeah. third anyway. I mean, I'd recommend you go and look at it at iPlayer because yeah, well, it's mm, <laughs> questionable, shall we say? Uh, yeah, so that wraps up this week's episode of the Turn Five podcast. Join us next week where we'll review the Monaco Grand Prix. Hopefully, it was good. Five minute episode. We can at least yeah. review qualifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be my last episode before isolation. So. We're going to isolation uh, next Tuesday. Mm. Ah, well, I mean, you can still record from isolation. Well, yeah, exactly. That's that's the plan. The perks of being virtual. <laughs> I'm still. I'm just going to be sat here for pretty much three days until I go into hospital, and then come back out, and then sat here again until however long I'm supposed to wait. So Love that's, it. That's the great thing. They're like, yeah, they'll tell you on the day. <laughs> so it's like I'm trying to tell work how long I'm going to be off for, and I'm like, I don't know. If it's going to be seven days, 14 days. Longer. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, just let us know when you know. And I'll be like, yeah, that's the day before one of my shifts. So let's yeah. just say I'm not coming in that weekend and call it quits. <laughs> Sounds good. Then I'll phone you if, if I'm going to be off some more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, But yeah, so that wraps up this week's episode of the Turn 5 podcast. Join us next week for reviewing of the Monaco Grand Prix. And yeah like subscribe comment share thumbs up five stars all the things follow us on twitter like us on facebook um tell tell your friends (laughs) just anything if you enjoy the content please please do share it um because we're enjoying making it for for everyone and we shall see you next week Bye for now. Bye.